Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Maricatani with another episode of Matt Chat. Today I am joined by the new assistant coach at the University of Illinois, Mike Poeta. Coach, thanks for taking some time to come on the show. No problem, anytime. So, uh, first of all, for people that are listening, we're actually recording this on Solar Eclipse Day, so I guess I should ask you or... <laughs> I'm outside right now. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> and most it's people coming. that have been around... It's getting darker now. This is crazy. <laughs> I'm glad right. you reminded me. <laughs> well, you didn't think the apocalypse was coming. <laughs> I know. I'd have, to be, I'd have to be wrestling with goggles from now on. <laughs> Just two minutes of darkness and everything will be fine, Coach. <laughs> so, anyway... Um, I always like to talk, when I talk to guys like you, I always like to just start at the beginning and find out what you got into wrestling or how you got into wrestling and, you know, kind of the path that took you through high school up to your decision in college. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, so um, my my dad wrestled, and uh, he started a club in our town, and um, he just he put my brother and I through it. Um, I I was I was just a natural. Um, I got lucky. Um uh, I was just kind of the, the, the body that I got was just built for wrestling and I was just pretty good. Um, but I, I really disliked it when I was younger. It's just, uh, I, I, there was like already too much pressure that for me, but I think as I, as I got older and kind of understood that a little bit more, I, I fell more in love with the sport as it went on. I want to make sure I understand that, right? Cause I think that's interesting. You said when you first started, you actually disliked that. Is it disliked the sport? Is that correct? <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think it, I think there's a lot of pressure for for these kids at at four, five, six, seven years old to go out there, and uh, so and I I think just me personally going through it, I just I I felt a lot of pressure at that age, being in a singlet going out there, where the other sports I played football and basketball, um, a little a little easier, more kids around, so you don't you don't really kind of understand the uh, the rewards that wrestling can give you by by how difficult it is. It's interesting because. I have mixed opinions on when kids should start wrestling. I didn't start mm-hmm. until later. Um, and I've talked to a lot of the guys that have come on the show, a lot of the guys in your position, and they have really mixed but interesting opinions. And the logic behind their opinions is really mm-hmm. just as interesting to me as, as the what. If you had a son or daughter, I guess, what age would you start them in wrestling? And would it be full go or would it just be practicing you know what? What would be your approach? Um, yeah, so I, I have a, a six-year-old and uh, uh, eight-month-year-old boy. Okay. Um, with a girl, a girl in between there. But um, the six-year-old has wrestled for two years now. It is completely like his choice. He he sees he sees me. He saw me at the club. Go to work every day. Work with the guys. And he like he he wants. Uh, um, he thinks it's so cool because how invested I am in it. And. Um, so he completely wants to do it on his own, which is great. I would never force him to do it. I, I think I think kids really should start at that nine ten um, age. But the problem is you're you're so far behind the curve, and you get your you get your butt kicked, and you don't then you're not going to stay in the sport anymore because in America there's so many kids that are that there's kids that that at six years old I think they have better technique than than I do. So. <laughs> Yeah. So if you start if you start at the time, I really think you should. In America, I don't think you could. Uh, you have to really withstand some some beatings for a couple of years. So if you start them later, really the thing it comes down to is you got to teach these kids. It's about having fun, and you'll catch up later. Yeah. And you know you can't concentrate on winning and losing because otherwise it's going to be a short career for those kids. Is that kind of what you're saying? Totally. Okay, I understand that. It makes sense. 
So kind of back to your career, obviously you had a great high school career, two state titles, three high school national titles, and the number one pound-for-pound recruit in the country. You know, tell me a little bit about your recruiting process. Who was on you? Um, who were the, you know, how did, how did that reprocess go? Who were the final schools that were involved? And, you know, maybe any interesting stories that, that kind of came about during your process. Yeah, well, that, like, the the pound-for-pound pound, number one recruit, that is, like, to me, like, the cool, it is the coolest thing. Like, I am so proud of that. Um, there were a lot of guys that, that, that easily could have been that guy. Um, Coleman Scott, um, Alex Sertis, these guys, we, these guys were just unreal high school wrestlers also, and I think they just flipped the coin between the three of us, and I got it. <laughs> so that's, like, that's like one, of, one of the coolest things to me. Um, but the recruiting process, uh, my, my entire life, um, my entire wrestling career, I knew I was going to Illinois. Really? I, I, I wanted a big, a big bold eye on my chest. I wanted to represent my state. Um, I did not want to go be good for any other state. But um, what was weird is that um, so I was the number one recruit, and uh, whatever the date was, August first or July first at that time, um, I had my coach saying, "Hey, be ready. Your phone's going to be off the hook that day. You might want to even unplug it." Because my coach was a, a big-time recruit back in the day before at Griff Powell out of New yeah, York. Yeah, I do know. And um, so he tells me that, and, and on on July first, my phone did not ring one time. And I really, I for some reason, I, I didn't get I didn't get recruited that hard by by a lot of schools. Um, I don't know if they 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 just knew the connection between my coach just being an All-American at at Illinois, and uh, so I don't know if they just thought that that's where I was going to go. But in the back of my mind, I just I knew I was going to going to go to Illinois. Um, Northwestern could have been an option, but honestly, I, I, it was because they're purple. I couldn't go there because of that. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's really <laughs> funny. So, but a couple, one thing you said in there is shocking. So you're the number one guy, whether it's number one, number two, number three, like you said, it's a coin flip, mm-hmm. but you're clearly in the top five guys in the country. You're at a weight where, you know, people aren't like, oh, well, is he too small for 125 or is he out going to grow heavyweight? You know, you're a guy that's going to be a good wrestler. Uh-huh. Why do you think, I mean, I, I guess you sort of answered it, but it's shocking to me that the phone, like your coach said, wasn't ringing off the hook. Yeah, I'm really not sure, and I'm sensitive. That hurt my feelings. <laughs> I would guess so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being the prettiest girl in school and nobody calls when it's prom season. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> Did Illinois recruit you hard right away? Yes. Mark Johnson was the first person to contact me. Um, Mark Johnson is is my hero. He is he is such an amazing man. Um, I, I would uh, I would consider him as a, as a second father, and he, he was the first one that, talked to me that wrote me a letter and um that and he, he sold me you know it's interesting i just had brian smith on the on the show and he talked to me about handwritten letters to Jaden cox and you know yeah. today and obviously you and i are going to talk a little bit about your new role and recruiting and things like that how important do you were those handwritten letters to you and with social media and all this stuff now how important do you think that can still be or do you it's it's true the hand the a handwritten letter is so big um I, I don't even know if i'm getting coach johnson in trouble like i hope this isn't like usc reggie bush where they they strip our titles here but he definitely he definitely wrote me a letter way before probably could um it was it was like my freshman or sophomore year i got the the illinois letterhead and handwritten from from mark johnson and i was um i i was sold when I when I got that letter from him, I mean, it, it, I, I just I, I felt so important. 
Right. Yeah. Well, my family's known Mark for years, and he really is one of the – he's a great coach, but in my opinion, he's a better person. And, I, and that's not – I just so, so class that. Yeah. Not as, and, and he is a great coach, but he's just one of those guys that mm. – I'm sure if he was allowed to send you a letter, then that's what he did. You know he's a guy that never – Of course. Of course. I'm, 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 in, I'm, in, I'm embellishing. I'm, in, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I have, I have a Chicago, I have like a, a Chicago North Shore mom, so there's a lot, of, a lot of exaggeration from it <laughs> and embellishing. I gotcha. So, at your during your career at Illinois, I mean, obviously, you know, you had a great career, multiple time All American, Midlands champ, all those sort of things, and you wrestled some of the best guys, really. And you know, you wrestled guys like Burroughs and Jordan Lean and all these other guys. Tell me about maybe a match or two that kind of sticks out in your mind when you look back on your career. A match. I mean, the the, the Jordan Lean finals match is kind of tough. That was just a really weird situation. Um, it's he won he won the match. Um, when like the the excuse I guess I make and I really shouldn't because he 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 beat me um, is that it was a really weird fling the mat call and then I probably should have had a takedown. So there was so there was something really weird with that one that. And then all us wrestlers, I mean, you watch the Kerry, you watch the Kerry Colat special, and he's taking world silver medals and throwing him in a bin and throwing him in a shed. So, um, like, we, we really do dwell on these things and, and it's in the back of our mind because I think that's just, uh, the, the way our mindsets are to be, to be really successful. So that, that, that one in particular kind of sticks out a little bit, rubs me the wrong way. Um, but, um, as far as like uh, the the that my master with Gillespie and and uh, Vegas finals, um, that just got like a lot of attention, a lot of hype. And Martin uh, Florini at the end, I mean, it's like it's like uh, it's so comical how how like nuts he's going right. at the end, and yeah. that makes it really good. So that that one really sticks out. Um, but I would say like the two, like the like I guess like two really really big ones in a positive way. Winning the Big Tens was really really big for me. Um, that like that was uh, a really big accomplishment that I was really proud of. And the the two nights before the NCAA finals, like winning in the semis, because winning an NCAA title was was everything to me. That was the that was what can that was what consumed me. So winning in the semis and kind of going because you because as good as any wrestler is, you kind of you never know if you could actually be there until you're there. Right. And uh, so winning winning the semis match and that not, I like I never wanted that night to end. It was the it was the best <laughs> feeling that night when I but then you you know to go the next day and weigh in and. And obviously wrestle a match. Sure. To be it. Yeah. Well, I think your style is, you know, something I think that attracted fans, not just, you know, Illinois people, kind of people from around the country. Like you're a guy that I think didn't sit on leads, you know, and, and part of it I think is you're, you're really talented and could go get points, but there's a lot of talented guys that don't go get points. And it seemed like, you know, you'd, you'd rather, you know, fall behind and come back than just try to get a lead and sit on it. So I think you probably made a lot of fans that way as well. Did, do you hear a lot of people yes. talk to you about that? I, well, uh, yes, I, I, um, a lot of my, um, uh, um, like a lot of like the reception, I guess, from people, people that I meet is, is always really positive. And a, a lot of people like, you know, say, y'all, Yo, you were so exciting. You were really fast. And, and I really appreciate that stuff. Um, I, I honestly think I overcompensated in my training. Because I wanted, I wanted to excite people. That was like part of it. It was more so like, 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 like as like scoring points and learning technique and stuff like that. I just really like concentrated on like exploding and being powerful and making it exciting for the fans. Cause that, that's like, uh, that was important to me. And I kind of, with my club, I really, I really stressed that kind of my like, my like mantra to them was like, be, be ridiculous. 
Like, be absolutely ridiculous out there. So <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm going to ask you about the club in a minute. So, But mm-hmm. when you graduated from Illinois, you started – you were a volunteer or an assistant coach right there out of college yeah. in Illinois. So mm-hmm. tell me – you know, kind of walk me through – you know, what you learned during that first stint as an assistant coach, because it's, you know, I was an assistant coach to my dad, and it's a lot different, you know, when you take the singlet off and all of a sudden you're on the other side of yeah. it, and you go to a tournament and you're coaching 100 matches in a day instead of wrestling four or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think coaching is more taxing than actually being the guy out there. Um, it's uh, uh, the, more, the majority of the guys I was coaching were like my best friends, like guys that I was like that I just lived with for the past four years and that I I absolutely loved. Um, I had I had such a fun time that year with John Durgo. Um one of my best friends, and just just being by his side and just and just working with him the entire season to be an NCAA champ. And he really put himself in a position to do that. And uh, he, he got upset in the quarters and came back and, and took fifth. But uh, I just I take a lot of pride in being being involved in in what what he was able to do. And then, but that, that year was, um, I was training at the same time. So I would say I was probably in Champaign about half the time. Okay. Um, I was, I was going to, I like, I was the, the, I wrestled in the world cup in Russia that year, um, wrestled in Cuba. And, um, so I, I was traveling a lot. Um, but I, part of that is cool. Cause you're, you're bringing back a lot of cool tricks right? for the guys on the team. Um, so it was a little, it was, it was, it was a transition period, 50, 50, 50 coaching and, uh, and training. So what, tell me when you decided to sort of, I mean, I'm sure you still wrestle. I'm sure you're, I, you know, I, I know you're still in great shape, but when you kind of said, okay, the competitive part of my career is over, you know, tell me what, how that decision went and then how did that lead into the Poeta Training Center? Um, you have to be, to, to win an NCAA title, to, to make a world team and to be really successful, you have to kind of be obsessed with it. And I was obsessed with it until like 2010, 11. And I started kind of just not being as obsessed with it in that same way. So the 2012 Olympic trials, I was, um, I, I did not have the mindset to be able to go win it because I did, I did not have that drive I had to win an NCAA title. It wasn't in me to win an Olympic title. It wasn't, it wasn't the same. Um, so right, right after that. And, um, uh, I went to, um, I went to Sean Bormet's, Sean Bormet's club when I was in high school. I went to overtime. Yeah. And, uh, I, like the, the first time I saw it, it's, it's like, it's, it's not a wrestling place because it's beautiful and clean. And you typically don't see that that often, at least back then. Now it's, now it's starting to get like that. Um, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was the coolest thing. And I, and I always knew I was going to do that. I, as soon as I'm done, I, I'm, I'm going to do that. And when I was done, I went on. Uh, Illinois Mad Men, which is the message board yeah. in, for the state of Illinois. And I, I just put out a message. Hey, I am going to, um, I'm going to do a little fall, uh, training camp before the high school season. It's going to be at this high school. It's going to be at this time. And when I got there, I really had like no idea how many kids were going to be there. I was like, if there's like two kids, I'm going to be so embarrassed. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. But there were like 50 kids when I walked, when that showed up and we out and, and it just, man, everything just clicked. Um, there were no, there's no clubs like straight north of Chicago. Um, no clubs within about an hour. Um, the people are just phenomenal. The support I've, I've always said the support I've gotten is, is unfair. Like it's not, it's, it's actually not right how much support I've gotten from, um, 
family and friends and all the people in the community. But um, I, so I, I always knew I was going to start a club. And uh, so we outgrew that. We outgrew that high school. I started renting space. We outgrew that place. And then now we've been in, in the same place for the last four years. Um, it's a it's a, a beautiful facility. Um, and it's it, we. I say we because we we created a monster. Um, my assistant coaches are amazing. Um, guys like John Hensley and Dan Zeman. I just got to give them credit because sure, absolutely. Uh, they uh, because because they they're they're uh, they were such a, they were such an asset. Shout them um, out, man. I, Give them what they deserve, for sure. For sure, yeah. yeah. I hope they hear this. And um, uh, so, kind of, uh, everything just came together. There wasn't, there wasn't a club. The the kids in the area were good wrestlers and hungry for something like that, and hungry to be state champs. Um, uh, again, the support, I don't, like just every everything clicked. And um, when when I was when I was leaving, it, it I felt like it it was set up to uh, just it was a well-oiled machine that could just continue on its own. Yeah, you, you said a lot of things there that really make me think, and I actually had in my notes here, you know, to to discuss Sean with you because I've known Sean forever. You know, we we recruited mm-hmm. a lot of the Illinois kids, and um, a lot of my friends have gone through overtime, like guys like John Morrison and people like that. And you know, yeah, and and I had Sean on the show and asked him about overtime, and he mentioned that he got his idea from the edge out there in New Jersey with Ernie and those guys. So yeah. it's super interesting to me, though, that you said you walked in there, you know, and you're not old. You're not old now, but you really weren't old then when you walked into it. And, you know, you're like, this is going to be my path. I mean, it was was it kind of like one of those just really pivotal moments in your life where you're like, you know, like almost like the angels sing in the back of your head. And you're like, this is my calling. Or was it a little more subtle? Completely. It was like that. You know, com- completely. I knew it, and um, I, I think when I, like when I was talking about that like 2011, 12 time, I think I was I was thinking about that more than my my own wrestling. Okay. But when I say I didn't, I, I didn't have like the right mindset to be obsessed with winning, and I think my mind was more on on, on ready to to do that. Yeah, uh, the, one of the things, the themes that I think I get over and over on this show is to be be really successful as an athlete, you have to be selfish. And to be really successful yeah. as a coach, you have to be and you have to preach unselfishness. And I think a lot of times guys have a transition. It's a difficulty transitioning from that. I mean, people on the outside think, oh, you're a good wrestler. You'll be a good coach. Well, kind of not really. I mean, if I'm a wrestler, I'm really concentrating on is me. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're running your center or you're coaching University of Illinois, you're concentrating on the minimum of 30 guys. So, you know, I think that transition, that mindset is is really interesting. So I read this, but I, I want to give you the chance to talk about it. Give me and the listeners an idea of what kind of success your program and your coaches and your athletes have had at, from the Poeta Training Center. All right. In, in five years, we had 19 state champs. Uh, we had about 50 state placers. And um, I don't know the exact number. I know we have about 40 kids wrestling in college, but I would say 20 to 25 D1. Coming here to Illinois, there, there's six kids that I that I coached in my club that are on the team right now, and uh, and I and recruiting a few that that will be coming. Um, so um, as far as like six, as far as success, um, like results, that those are really good, and like really good character kids. I had such amazing kids. That's what was really tough about leaving. That's that's there were a lot of tears on, on my end and and the kids. 
um, because they're man, they're just they they were they're such good they're such good people. Yeah. So I had so I had so with with the results I had um like often like refs would mention that to me. like hey man your your kids are so respectful hey man your kids are uh, like like they lose they lose with uh, with dignity. Um, so I got I got a lot of things like that which which are uh, which made me really proud. Yeah, and, and obviously wrestling sort of a metaphor for life and people that learn mm-hmm. those lessons, like you said, to not be happy about losing, but, you know, not to act like a jackass when it happens. I mean, because you throw a temper tantrum. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there's like 30-year-old Iranians that sometimes do that after they lose. It's weird. Well, we, we've had some 25-year-old Americans do that in the past, too. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I think it's, you know, you it's more of an individual thing. <laughs> some people grow gotcha. up and some people don't. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm friends with Mark Jr., and when he went to the Hawkeye Wrestling Club, obviously that was going to leave an opening. You know, what? Mm-hmm. how did the opening, you know, how did you find out about it? Were you approached about it? And then I guess the second part of that is, and you kind of touched on it, how hard of a decision was it to take the job with what you were building or have built over there already? Yeah, um, when when Perry resigned, I mean, it was uh, I don't I don't think anyone in the wrestling world didn't know that. I, it was kind of plastered everywhere. Right. Um, and uh, so I, I reached out to Hep because it, it was kind of just it was time for me. I felt like I, I had accomplished uh, what I set out to do with the club, and I I didn't I didn't realize I would be that it would happen so fast. That it would happen in, in five years. But I, in the back of my mind, I, all, I always knew at some point I wanted to coach in college. And it's because they're uh, college wrestlers. They, they're, uh, they're relatable to me. It's, it's, a, le- it's a level that I, that, I just, that I understand and I get. And that was, I would say, like the only void from the club is I, I was missing that. And, yeah. and the, kids that I co- the kids that I coach will eventually be that. Yeah, but but it's they're, just, kids. They're, at an age, they're at an age where they're junior high and, and younger. Right. So you reached out to Hef, and it was just kind of a pretty straightforward thing from there? I mean, was it, you know, did you have to go through a lot of hoops, or was it just kind of like, no, come back to the family? It was, no, it was the, it was the normal process of um, coming down, um, doing the interviews, doing an interview with the AD, um, handing in my resume, and, and just hoping that uh, that I was the guy they chose. And, and, and you mentioned, you know, it's interesting, because I didn't think that would be the answer you would give me, because... You know, from my point of view, the, you know, the training center hasn't been going on that long. So you felt like, okay, we've peaked here. I mean, yeah, we can continue to do really well, but the bar mm-hmm. that I set for myself and for the club, we've reached it. I have these guys in place that will continue to keep this program at a high level. And now I want to go jump up to, you know, to this, to the higher level and where these kids can really make wrestling a bigger focus of their life and you can help these guys really mm-hmm. achieve lifelong goals. Is that kind of what the mm-hmm. mindset was like for you? Well, yeah. And like, I didn't, um, like I, I, w- I wanted to coach in college at some point and just location wise, Northwestern was kind of always in the back of my mind where oh. that would be a, a cool spot just because I, because my, my whole family lives so close to it. And then Illinois, just where I went, I take a lot of pride in this place. And, um, so I didn't know when this when this came up. I didn't know if this opportunity would ever would ever be available ever again. If I if I if I didn't pursue this, um, I just I don't know if if uh, if an opening would ever be there. So I felt like I had to I had to kind of pounce on it. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, like you said, there's only X amount of jobs in college and only X amount of assistant jobs. And 
when you start narrowing it down to two where you want to want to work and sounds like you got over your purple problem if if you had to <laughs> but that this illinois is where i want to be at illinois is numero uno uh the other the other school would have just been strictly strictly family and lo, like location yeah well there's and they got they're doing a good job up there i mean there's no reason there, there, no i i i absolutely love matt storniolo and andrew howe and that, and that crew those are really good people yeah, and Andrew's another overtime guy, so yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, well, I know you haven't really been officially on the job very long, so what's it been like getting back to the grind of, of the college coaching life? Um, uh, digging it. I'm all. I'm finally all settled in in Champaign. Um, I've been. I would say the, uh, primarily um, the guys I'm seeing on a daily basis are Isaiah Martinez and Michael Carr, uh, freshman, 41 pounder. Those are the guys that are still on campus and still really training hard. Uh, the other guys, we, um, we, we let them, like, they're, they're home. They took a break from, from wrestling. And, um, they'll, they'll get, they'll start getting back here now and school starts on Monday. So kind of the time of me getting here, a lot of the kids aren't here at the moment. But Isaiah's training for that under 23 worlds. And, uh, man, the, just the, the, the way he trains and his work ethic are so impressive. And I just completely just, I just sit there and just like admire, admire the way that kid's working. And on top of it, he is such a, he's such a great kid. I mean, every, every, he is, he is a two time national champ, three time finalist, has only lost two matches. I mean, he's, he's at legendary status. Yeah. And everything you say to him, he is looking at you, nodding his head, taking everything in and, and really trying it. It's funny because, you know, I think people probably realize anyone who's ever met me, you know, I'm kind of a prep guy. So I have my list of questions written up here. And you, uh, you guys don't obviously know them, but I, so here's what I wrote down. I said, you get to walk in and immediately have an impact on Isaiah Martinez, a special young man with the chance mm-hmm. to become a three-time national champ. And I have here, what are your initial impressions? How long, how do you think you can help him improve? And how often will you drill or spar or go live with him and the other guys? And you touched on some of that, but specifically like the live portion. And obviously Isaiah is a great wrestler. You know, he's pretty close to having been undefeated. Where do you feel like you can help him improve? Obviously, it's not going to be gigantic improvements, but where's sort of the marginal stuff where you feel like you can help him? I think just just a few, a few a few millimeters here and a few ounces there. I mean, he's got he's got he's got it all. But there's there there are for every single person. There's a little tweaks that that I that I had a, a really good elbow shove and I had a really good post and and there's one little tweak that maybe I can help him with in that in that aspect for him. That now, that now he's now he's taking down, um, now he's taking down Godoyev from Russia because of that. Maybe so. I think there's some little tweaks that, that I can help him with, and um, so. All right, let's get back and try. What was the question again? No, just you know, you, I, and you answered it. You know, it's like what what kind of things are you you know? Do you feel like you can help him? And it it is inch by inch, ounce by ounce, like you're saying. Um, yeah. I, one of the things that you said about him, and I kind of want you to expound upon that, is it sounds to me that you feel like he's ex- an extremely coachable kid. Is is that how you see him? Yeah, yeah. And and I, and I and I've, kn- I've known Isaiah for the past four years, and I and it's like when I came down here, I don't like it, it's not that I had any. Uh, I was completely open minded. Everything I was just going to come down here and just be just be curious on how all the kids were and what they were like, and just and kind of just see 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 what happened. And I guess I was I was like overly impressed. And how coachable and how, and just how, man, just how great of a kid he is. Yeah. I, I think some people really kind of wonder when these guys get to a certain level, like how coachable they are. But I think 
you know, all the guys I've spoken to that coach the high level guys, like the guys that coach Snyder, the guys that coach Jay, uh, you know, the guys that coach Jordan Burroughs and James Green, that those coaches, and I mean, you know who they are, the Mark Mannings, Brian Smiths of the world, they continue to talk about how these guys are willing to learn from anybody. And it doesn't even matter if they think that guy wasn't as good as them. If anything can help them get better, they're just sponges and really soak everything up. For sure. Yeah. So, well, this is just my opinion, but I, I believe it's right. I think a lot of people think this. I, and number one is I think Illinois, by any ranking or metric you're going to use, is a top five state for high school wrestling. Number mm -hmm. two, I think any program that wants the students to seriously contend for individual or team national titles, they must successfully recruit a majority of the best in-state kids. And three yeah. is Illinois, you know, and I'm, it's just the truth, has not had great success in accomplishing this task. You know, this year alone, yeah. several top 100 guys from Illinois are going elsewhere. And mm -hmm. when you were announced, Amy Hamilton and I do a weekly podcast and you know, he, it's kind of where he asked me stuff, and he said, well, how do you think this is going to go? I'm like, I really think it comes down to whether or not he can successfully recruit the top-tier guys in Illinois. So what is your game plan? Because I think, you know, the way you're saying absolutely things like that, you obviously agree with the importance of that. What are you going to do to shake things up and start getting these studs from Illinois to, to, to wear the big eye on their chest? Well, like Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is the best high school wrestling state. Their college team is the best team in the country. Ohio, Ohio is the, the second best high school state in the country. Their team is the second best college team in the country. Illinois, you say top five. Illinois is the third best high school state. I, that's, um, I strongly believe that it's not, not a tie, not fourth or fifth. I think Illinois is the third best high school wrestling state. And we should be, we should be now third. You know what I mean? We should, why, why aren't we third? And I agree. Just, I agree. I, I want to. I, I just, I just, I, I need to, be, I need to be part of, uh, of figuring this out. I need to, uh, I, I want to be part of figuring out why, why at this moment the state, the wrestlers in the state of Illinois kind of didn't have that, that pride that, that I had. Um, and but Illinois, when I was in high school, was really, really good. They took fifth in the country. They won. They um, were ranked third in the country. They had, they had years where it was like Adam Terpelli, John Lockhart, both winning it. Um, uh, uh, court second, lackey third. You know what I mean? They were right. really publicized. They, like I saw them a lot when I went to Midlands. I was really impressed. And what I, when I said uh, earlier about our high school kids, you have to be ridiculous. It, it's our guys have to be ridiculous. They have to be exciting. They have to win matches. They have to be on ESPN. They have to be on the Big Ten Network, getting their getting their hand raised, getting sweet takedowns, ridiculous takedowns. Um, uh, being tough, uh, so our guys need to see that. So it's 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 a job. There's 35 wrestlers. There's five coaches. There's another 10, 15 people really involved in this program, and it is all 50 of us that we have to get together and we have to we have to make these wrestlers insanely good, and we have to make the Illinois kids uh, uh, not even think of another school, kind of be in the same boat I was in. And it and it comes it comes it comes down to performance and developing these guys, and. And like I said, we need guys on ESPN Friday night and Saturday night in the middle of March. Um, other than just one guy right now, we've had we've we've had one guy for the past six years. We've had we've had we've had but huge huge successful guys. It's been Jesse Delgado, and then it's been Isaiah. But yeah. we need like Isaiah and then Mark and Tim, and then we need a, 
Isaiah and Mike and John and and th- we we need more. Yeah. So our guy, our guys and every and everyone, we just got to get on board and we just got to develop. We got to develop more and get and get and get better. Yeah, and I, I looked up your lineup, you know, not lineup, excuse me, your roster, uh-huh. and the vast majority of it are Illinois guys. I mean, like vast majority, like maybe three, four yeah. non-Illinois guys. So mm-hmm. it's not like you guys have, you know, given up on Illinois, but. I mean, I, I don't know if the people understand this, but in recruiting, obviously, you have 9.9, and you can spread it out as many ways as you want. Yeah. And you get a discount on those in-state kids because of the tuition break. So you can bring in those kids for a little bit cheaper and squeeze out a tenth here and a tenth there and bring in yeah. a couple extra guys. So even if a couple kids don't pan out, that's how you get depth. And your your comparison or analogy of you know Penn State to Pennsylvania, Ohio State, to Ohio, I mean, as Oklahoma has gotten better with in-state wrestling, it's helped Oklahoma State a lot, you know, because they can have more depth, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Yeah. So I, I get the excitement part. I'm really hoping you guys can do that because, you know, it's 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 weird, you know, be, when before those coaching changes were made at Ohio and Pennsylvania, colleges just went into those states and kind of weren't, they're like, well, we can get a guy out of there. It's not a big deal. You know, you mentioned like Coleman Scott mm-hmm. came out when you did and I don't know that Coleman Scott would go to Oklahoma State today in today's environment, you know, living in Pennsylvania. It's a a different situation. So, I mean, I assume that you've got to believe that the connections you've made, you know, obviously as a wrestler and then to pull out a training center with, you know, talking to all these kids, you must have a million connects with the Little League and high school coaches that, and I think the other thing, just listening to you and I, I, you know, for people that don't know, I've never spoken to you before, your enthusiasm for Illinois is contagious. I mean, so I feel like you probably are like, look, you know, we're going to go make inroads. I'm going to go knock on doors and we're going to get the right kids. Is that kind of the game plan? Yes. And I I guess you guys, you know, like you said, you've had some studs that have done really well. And as much as you love those guys, the best thing for you guys is to have three or four guys that you have to wear a suit for on Saturday night. And at least two or three of them are from the state of Illinois. So, yes. You know, tell me, tell me a little bit about your guys' lineup and, and kind of, you know, what people can expect from Illinois for this coming season. Um, I think I think we're pretty young. Um, I actually just the, the timing of me getting down here, I I haven't kind of been around every every kid. I I followed them as an alum and as a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're pretty young. Um, I, Isaiah is obviously um a monster. Right. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for Emery Parker at 184. Um, I don't think he, he knows how good he is. So we just need, we just need him to know how good he is, like, like we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and Brooks Black is another senior heavyweight. I mean, I, I, I think it's, it's really important to him to make, we, we, get, for him to be on the podium. Yeah. He's just too, he's just too big of a stud. He's just too great of a kid. He, uh, that, that's something that where that he, that he should have, and it's not shoulds and deserves and stuff like that. I think that's something that he can go get. Right. Um, so we're 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 pretty young, we're pretty we're fairly young, and uh, it's kind of like let's see let's see let's see let's see how ridiculous this kid, these kids can be because they can be. Right, and you've got some guys that were some big recruits. Guys like Montalvo was a big recruit coming out of mm-hmm. high school. You know, Langer Durfers had some big wins along the way. Um, you know, and I'm not to cut you off, but Langender for Kyle is another Brooks Black. He is someone, um, he is someone that should be should be standing pretty tall. Should start getting, uh, should start getting 
eye to eye and head to head with Jason Nolf and, and with, uh, with Mike Kemmer. Like he, he should start kind of when he's standing, when he's standing up on that podium, he should be, his head should be above him, right beneath him, even. He, he's that talented. So kind of like Brooks, it's like it, we, he's got, he, he, he's got to have the, the senior year that, that he can have. Yeah. It sounds like, I think, again, just from the outside that a big part of your influence is just going to be getting guys to believe that. Because once they believe yeah. it, then it affects their training, and obviously it affects how they compete. So I mean, it's it's your mind, it's your mindset. Everything is completely your mindset. I mean, you like you you read like, there was there's a famous article in Sports Illustrated about Fitzaya, saying how much he hates training. He detests training. He never works hard. He he trains for three months out of the year. He said, but there's something inside that dude that says I'm gonna win. Just his mindset. And and Matt Lackey, who I absolutely loved, Matt Lackey did not. He he just thought he was going to win. <laughs> just he just thought he was going to win. It did not matter. He could have not trained for 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 three months. He thought he, he just thought he was going to win. So it's it's completely your mindset, and that's in, and it's practice makes permanent with that. So you just you got to keep practicing that mindset because anyone can change it. Yeah, well, I think you're right, and the Fazayev article is is well taken, and it's an interesting story about Lackey because, you know, he was a guy that kind of looked like, you know, he just kind of went hard when he needed to and would score big points when yeah. he needed to. And I mm-hmm. think it takes a lot of confidence to do that, you know, to kind of lay back and just go when you need to. So, so mm-hmm. it's it's kind of – you seem like a guy that's kind of pulling the best from everything you've been a part of and everything you've read about and everything to try to just – be a sponge and then put this onto these guys as, as you get to fall back into this, this job that I can clearly see you're loving doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, like I said, you know, on here, people don't know this, but we never talked, you know, I I got your number from a mutual friend of ours and really appreciate Mm -hmm. you coming on the show. I want to tell you, I've just been a fan of yours for a lot of years. I just really liked how you wrestled and I just want to wish you all the best of success. You know, Anything else you want to let the people know about about Illinois before we jump off here? No, I just I just want to thank you for having me. Um, the podcast is great. Um, I just wish you just success, continued success with it. I appreciate that, man. And guys like you make this job, you know, pretty pretty easy and definitely a lot of fun. And uh, we got off here with enough time for you to get to go outside and, and see the eclipse, Coach. So, oh my God, it's getting dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a lady just handed me glasses. I, I'm putting on glasses that I just got handed. Well, I will get a chance. Wow. To shake Holy cow. <laughs> Holy cow. I'll get a wow. chance to shake your hand. You got to get glasses. I got them, coach. I'm on it. So right. I'll get a chance to shake your hand in November when you guys come down for the Lindenwood Open, okay? All right. Beautiful. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the new right. assistant coach at Illinois, Mike Coetta. This is David Maricotani with Matt Jack- is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.